Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Obviously, we're here at BravoCon. Anyone that you were a little iffy on scene again? No, not. I don't have any beef with anybody, but I did have a special guest show up to my uh, hotel room last night. Jen Shaw. No. Yep. She showed up to my room and... Uh, yeah, it was a bit crazy. Said she's not going to jail, and uh, it's all good. What? Well, she wasn't. She's not even at BravoCon. Oh, no, I know. She wanted to crash. Uh, watch what happens live last night. But she didn't. She didn't. No, it was too much security. I'm sorry. What? And why did she go to you? It's me, Kara Berry, host of Everyone's Business But Mine, back again with another episode. What is it today? Our uh, pop culture roundup slash Kardashians recap. And listen, Kendall, Chloe, Kylie, Kim, Chris, Travis, Courtney, Mason, Rain, all of you guys are on notice. As I'm putting uh, Winter House in the recap slot, if you guys don't keep it together... We, we got to come up with some content, ladies. All right. Otherwise, I can't do this. So um, right now we're going to be in Calabasas and Stowe, Vermont. But next week we might just be in, in Vermont, you guys. So the choice is yours, Hulu. The choice is yours. Anyway, let's get into what we got to talk about this week. I have quite a lot of Glee related news, um, which is interesting. Three, three bits of information. So we just got to get into it. Um, starting with... Oh, man. Actually, should we start with our girl of the week? I think maybe we should. I think maybe we should. I'm just going to keep this brief because I'm actually, like, deeply upset about this. 
Oh, the girl of the week is going to go to none other than Janelle Monet. Janelle Monet, incredible musician, very um, artistic, eccentric, doing things that the other girls, gays, and non-binaries are not doing. And you know what she's also doing? She's she, They're talking a lot. There's, there's a lot of talk happening. And, you know, Janelle also has been acting for quite a bit she's been she was in what hidden figures some other things here and there um and yeah so she did a uh a, a london film festival she was headlining a uh talk a, like a keynote speech that she was doing on friday and in that she was talking about like the biggest successes in her career and her future goals what she wants like how she sees herself growing as an actor and she says she hopes to shape her acting career around none other than Johnny Depp. And the quote is, when I think about careers, this person as an actor, his life as an actor only, Johnny Depp has a very, very vast career. Um, and then the article goes on to say that there was a, uh, quote, slight grunt amongst the audience when she dropped his name. But then she continued to say that she was like, like, inspired by his range like he's able to do these things and basically like the end of the quote was i want to be i want to like be in characters or have characters or be a character that ends up being a halloween costume like i don't know it just really seemed to, to point a lot at like the pageantry of his career like he's able to have these like fantastical like notable characters um Okay. Okay. I mean, I understand what she's trying to say on a technical level. She's just talking about his career. But girl, read the room. Read the room. We could have come up with other people. Gene Wilder? Somebody. I don't know. Ugh, girl, please don't do this to me again, Janelle. I can't. I can't take it. I don't. And I can't. Okay? Thank you. All right, let's get back to Glee. Um, so the first thing I want to talk about is Chris Colfer. Now, um, I wasn't much of a Gleek. I did watch the show. I did watch like a few seasons. I started maybe halfway into season one and then I dipped out. And then I think I dipped out before. Um, yeah, I dipped out before Corey passed. And then I obviously watched the episode that they dedicated to him. They talked about his character uh, dying, um, even though they didn't really give an answer. But yeah, I, you know, I like the show enough to talk about it now. So I'm going to. Okay. So Chris Colfer was on uh, Michelle Collins podcast, which I feel like I, Michelle should be on the show. I feel like she would be a good fit for the show. But uh, he was on Michelle's podcast and she was talking about how she was going to see Funny Girl. Which we always all know that Leah is playing Fanny Bryce, the um, lead character, right? So she's talking about how she was going and was like, oh, Chris, are you in New York? You should come with me. And he goes, oh, no, are you seeing Funny Girl? And then when she said she was, he goes, suddenly my day just filled up, you know? <laughs> and then he says no i can be triggered at home um so that leads me into so i posted that and i thought my first thought was why are we why have we not um had cameras up on a lifetime movie loosely based off of their story the people on the glee set uh you know terrorize leah terrorizing everybody at al and then 
I mean, it was like true. I've never seen such a quick turnaround of ask, believe, receive in my life personally. As when the next headline to come down the pike for me was the announcement that Deadline um, from Deadline is reporting that Discovery Plus has ordered a three-part docu-series, which will, quote, have access to key cast and crew members in the uh, from Glee. And it's going to be uh, exploring the cast members' stories from their time on set, as well as the infamous Glee controversies that happened off the show. Um, it's currently untitled. Uh, there are no release dates so far, but I'm sure it'll be out... Q1 of next year by March, I'm sure. Um, it will include addressing uh, Mark Salling, who played Puck. It will be addressing his situation, which will be interesting. It'll also be talking about Corey and Naya and all the other tragedies and things that happened um, with the cast members and the crew and on the show in general. I've been saying that out of ironically all of ryan murphy's projects glee has the darkest undertones to it all and you know sit with that comment and unpack that <laughs> with that being said i deserve the shit out of this docuseries Ooh, we are going to be eating we're gonna be eating you guys and i hope you're ready uh, which leads me to my final bit of information from leah's only friend jonathan groff he wrote an article about leah in variety talking about how they met and how leah was like the ultimate new york girl and he was this closeted kid trying to make it into broadway and she was from the bronx and she was scrappy and she knew everything she took him to zay bars showed him her vagina whatever um in this, he talks about a little bit about Leah's uh, uh, youth, time, time as a youth, and says that in 1995, when Leah was on Broadway, she would spend her off time going to visit her grandfather Porky, who was in prison for his ties to the Gambino crime family. Um, I don't think people knew this. <laughs> And so it was an, an interesting bit of information. And you know what? I did my Googles and I think I found who Porky is. So Leah's mother's maiden name is Porcelli, right? And there was a case that went down in 1991, the United States versus Anthony Porky Porcelli at Al. Um, so the article says, um, following a two-year investigation dubbed Purple Rain and conducted by the Federal Bureau of Investigation, six defendants were indicted on November 1991 and charged with participating in a large-scale heroin trafficking enterprise based in the Bronx and Westchester. The defendants included Anthony Porcelli, a.k.a. Porky, a soldier in the Gambino prime crime family of the LCN. Gambino associates uh, Thomas Hardy, George Valente, Frank uh, Cerniglia, and Andrew Carmine Castaldi, uh, who was in the Lucchese family. So the investigation, which included both an extensive undercover operation as well as a court-authorized wiretaps, revealed that Anthony Porcelli directed the heroin trafficking activities from federal prison in Otisville, New York, where he was incarcerated on a prior narcotics investigation prior narcotics conviction in this district that was the southern district of new york 
Um, so between November of 1989 and September of 1991, undercover operatives purchased large quantities of heroin from members of this organization. So in December of 1991, uh, four defendants, including Porky, pled guilty to narcotics trafficking charges. And in, as part as as part of Porcelli's guilty plea, he also agreed to plead guilty in the Southern District of New York to charges in connection with illegally illegal gambling operations um yeah so yeah he was like hand in hand with john Gotti and the gambito crime family um allegedly don't come for me i'm just reporting what the article said okay that's just what i saw so i mean it's the idea of like a what like nine-year-old broadway star going to see grampy in prison who, who's been in jail for many reasons including selling selling heroin from prison. I mean, my God, no wonder she's so tough. <laughs> no wonder she's mean. Okay, let's move on. I'm scared now. All right, our can I get a hell yeah uh, for this week is, well, first of all, it's it's ironic. It's ironic. I'm not being serious. But it's going to Anna Delvey, okay? <laughs> it's going to none other than Anna Delvey. So last week, I think I told you guys that she had uh, been taken out of ICE custody and was allowed to live in New York. And she was going to be under house arrest, like 24-7, had to stay in, New- in in that apartment, cannot leave the property um, unless she had to go to like her parole or whatever. Uh, guests had to be invited with express permission uh through the authorities etc right so this this chick now why am i seeing video of anna with her head popped out of her apartment window right next to uh the new york post or whoever taking like full-on high-grade photo shoot pictures of her from the fire escape of the building you guys (laughs) I mean, she's got to make money. I guess this is the only way she can. So she's still in New York. She's in the East Village. I Where she's staying is like, girl, I don't know why you would have put yourself out there. Like, it's so, like, if you live in New York and you're familiar, like, it, this her, where she lives is so, like, girl, like, put a target right on your back. It's so, um, the, the, the amount of traffic that's in the neighborhood, I'm not even going to tell you where she lives. You can find it very easily. This chick is taking photos (laughs) on the roof of the building, in the hallways, by the mailboxes. Like she's stretching the limitations of her rules as far as they can go. So if you guys aren't aware The reason why Anna was in ICE custody was by choice. She chose to be there because she wanted to, in her mind, prove to the U.S. government that she really wants to be here. She really wants to live in New York. She does not want to go back to Germany. She definitely doesn't want to go back to Russia. So this is her way of, like, proving to the government that she is willing to stay. So she says, in a quote, like, I could be on a yacht somewhere. I could have done that. The whole of Europe is open to me. If I wanted to do it, I would have. But I want to prove that I want to be a New Yorker. Anna's quote is saying, me staying and try to fix this. It shows so much about my character. I think it speaks louder than a thousand words. (laughs) 
It does, but not in the way that you're hoping, girl. <laughs> it really does. Um, the article goes on to say, like, she hasn't seen her parents in five years since 2017. But they do video chat. They have a full understanding of, like, what she was doing. They even asked her, why would you say this? I, w- I would have kept that to myself. Anna tells the uh, news that they thought that she was just in jail. Her own parents thought that she was staying in ICE custody just for publicity. (laughs) Stunt queen behavior. Then she goes on to say, it's not like I had a split personality or anything in terms of like her crimes. And she goes, "Um, I never really had any crazy formative childhood experiences. I've always just been like, why not? Why should I just stay somewhere and be bored? And then she says, Even though in 2019, she said that she wasn't sorry for what she did. Now she's changed her tune a little bit and says, it was legally wrong. Nobody should be subjected to fraud. I wasn't trying to scam elderly people, but this is what the law is. And then when she says, you know, when I saw these headlines about con woman, fake heiress, I didn't see myself as such at all. I never told anybody how much I had, how much money I had. I never pretended to be anything. Somebody just assumed that I had all this money just because I was working on this project. I feel like that's their problem. (laughs) And then she says, like, she's talking about her future and what she's hoping, like, how the hell she's going to be making money since she can't have access to any sort of social media. Her plan is to to do a podcast. And she goes, you know, I mean, not all of my ideas are illegal. I've had so many offers from so many interesting people and my art has been really successful. Some of her art pieces have sold for as much as $10,000, but I just hope that she knows that this was like a passing phase. She's not a real artist. People are buying your shit off of like the novelty, not because there's quality and People aren't really going to find too much novelty in you for too much longer, I would imagine. (laughs) Also, you can do a podcast from anywhere, girl. I don't think the U.S. government is going to uh, allow you to stay in the country on account of you having a podcast. (laughs) Like, I don't know. I feel pretty strongly about that. I don't I think we might have to find something else to do that might be contributing to this country. (laughs) Like, I know I'm not contributing to this country by having podcasts. In fact, I think I'm probably making it worse. So, Anna, if you hear me, please find something else to do. It's not looking good for you. And I think she really thinks that she has a shot in hell at staying in America. And, honey, you scammed a bunch of rich people. Where do you think this is going to go? You scammed a bunch of really wealthy white people. The New Yorkers. Like, the the... Manhattan's elite. XOXO Gossip Girl. What do you think is going to happen to you, ma'am? Uh, only time will tell. <laughs> Shout out to you, Anna. You really keep me laughing. You really do. Okay, and our last bit of news is from BravoCon. Did I go to BravoCon? No. Was I inundated with clips and lives and videos and statements? Absolutely. And so... For those of you who were not able to make it, for those of you who were avoiding the content, I'm going to give you my top five things that I found on BravoCon that I found quite interesting. First was something that I happened to catch on somebody's live, which was like, it could not have been a more perfect moment. Vicky Gunvalson versus damn near every housewife. So if you guys didn't know, uh, last week, 
on Watch What Happens Live, Ashley Darby was on the show. Yeah, this was last Sunday. And Andy asked her who was the rudest either housewife or Bravo celebrity that she's encountered. She very quickly said Vicky. She said that they were doing a segment together and that Vicky was very rude. She didn't acknowledge her. She got up at one point and left and was like, who is this? I'm above this. And like, she just thought that Vicky's energy was so nasty and so rude. And like, she did not like it. So at BravoCon, there was a squash that beef segment there was a bunch of Bravo celebrities on stage. Andy's doing the segment and it's like, you know, if you've seen watch what happens live, it's like, you know, we press a button and then, you know, two heads come up and everybody, whoever's on there has to squash their beef. Right. So Ashley's head comes up and Vicky's head comes up. So (laughs) Ashley is talking about the situation and she's like, you know, you're really rude to me. So apparently this was a housewife on housewife segment. So Vicky's response to being rude, unequivocally rude to Ashley was, I just didn't know that she was a housewife. You knew who I was, but I didn't know who you were. And so I just like, I didn't understand. Like, I just didn't understand. I thought I was doing something with another housewife and I'm looking here and I didn't know who this girl was. And, you know, I I just, that was her excuse. Like, not, I'm sorry, that was so rude. I didn't know who you were at the time, but now I do. Her excuse was, well, she knew who I was. <laughs> He's a fucking monster. <laughs> and then, so like, Ashley, so they only have one mic between them, which was bad. So like, Vicky's got the mic, but Ashley's face is on the screen and you can see her yelling at Vicky and she's fucking pissed she's like that is so rude you don't do that to people like it's really bad behavior like i wish and i think this might be coming up on tonight's episode this may have been during the legends ball i'm not sure you might be able to see this on watch what happens live but maybe i'm hoping that ashley was mic'd up so that we can actually hear her on television but i could see the energy on her face and she was actually fucking pissed and then out of the crowd the crowd of Bravo celebrities behind them, a green goddess by the name of Kenya Moore. Somehow she's got a microphone and she's like, I I got something to say about you too, Vicky. And then she said that she had a, a she was at a, some event with Melissa Gorga and, oh, I can't remember who else, but Vicky was rude to all of them. And you can't use the excuse that you don't know who Kenya and Melissa Gorga are. Like you just can't. Um, that she was also nasty to them. <laughs> Vicky had no excuse for that. She's basically just like, you, you know, Vicky, she'll do that shrug. Like, Oh, like, what did I do? Did I do that sort of thing? She's such a bitch. <laughs> Vicky's such a bitch. <laughs> She's a nightmare. And then I saw a video of her. I guess they interviewed her after this segment with Ashley and, and Kenya. She's like, what? I just like, I didn't know who she was. So that's not my fault. <laughs> The delusion from that woman. The absolute delusion. Um, More from Vicky. I can't even believe that I get to say this. But Vicky... Vicky apparently admitted... I got this from um, Dave Quinn, Nine Daves on uh, Instagram... Or Twitter, rather. Um, I can't even believe that I get to say this. (sighs) Take a breath. You might want to sit down for this one. So the question that Vicky was asked was if she's ever had a happy ending massage. 
Her quote was twice. It was interesting. The first was in Orange County. I won't say the name of the place. He was 6'5", a stallion, and of course you're laying there naked in the back. And he asked me to go in the froggy position. And he was massaging my leg, and then he went, swoop, into her vagina. And he said, are you okay with that? And I said, yes. And then I went back every day, every week, every week thereafter. It was a deep tissue massage. Yeah, I bet, girl. And I was single at the time. And I gave him a tip, so I sort of paid for it. And then she goes on to say, the second one, the second one was in Cabo. He did the same swoop thing. <laughs> now, Vicky, Victoria, Victoria, babe. Now, your girl, your girl being me is very sex positive. Like, you want to do a consensual uh, massage, deep tissue, froggy style massage. That's on you. But Vicky... You've been protesting yourself. I have never had multiple sexual partners in my life. And, you know, all of this stuff. She On Girls Trip, she's talking about how much, like, she's not sexual. And she really, like, waffles between being highly sexual but not wanting to talk about it. And, girl, listen, for me, a threesome's like, whatever. But you're getting it froggy style from a, from a massage therapist in Orange County. Like, pfft. Girl, <laughs> excuse me. How is that like? It just is not in line with the uh, narrative that Vicky puts out of, with regard to her sexuality. With that being said, this is by far the most enjoyable fact about Vicky Gunvalson I've ever heard. She can come back on television just for that. And like quiet as it's kept, I've never gotten a massage, so I don't really know what she means by froggy style. Like I can picture it. <laughs> And I wish I couldn't, you know, <laughs> now that I can, I would like to, if I could turn back time, I don't want to know that. I don't want to know that. Oh, oh, let's move on. Moving on to people who I would fully pay upwards of uh, $7.99 to see have sex. Ashley Darby, Luke Gulbranson from Winter Slash Summer House. So Ashley, again, back to her on Watch What Happens Live, she, Andy asked her who she was more most excited about meeting. And she's like, well, I don't know anything about Luke, but somebody said that we might be a good match. And I'm, I've seen the pictures and I'm interested to say the least. So Andy was like talking him up. And so they met. And I think there might actually be something going on. Like, I've seen several videos of them holding hands, sneaking off into places. Ashley was on the uh, Real Housewives of Potomac panel Sunday morning and said that they had hung out, um, in her words, off the reserve. So, I mean, like, I don't know, back at the hotel or whatever. And uh, I'm very into this. I'm, like, really into this. Like, I get it. I don't know if I see uh, Luke as a stepfather to two, but it's to say that this wasn't the upgrade of a lifetime, girl, Ashley, I I don't care if you never see this man or speak to him after this weekend, girl, get yours, get yours. I'm not into blondes, but I'm also not fucking stupid. I would hook up with Luke in a second. You hear me? And I'd be glad to do it. Luke? I'd I, Luke, I'd be glad to do it. Okay? Thank you. Well, this actually leads me to something that I've been wanting to talk to you guys. And I'm like, 
Ugh, I'm like mad at myself that I had not mentioned this because privately I had been talking to this with friends for like two months now, at least. And now it's been confirmed. And now I'm like really kicking myself because I should have been talking about this whole time. And now I'm just going to sound like everybody else is talking about it. So what I had noticed a couple months ago was that Ashley, not Ashley, Danielle and Lindsay from Summer House didn't really seem to be kicking it anymore. Like they were very, I don't want to say performative, but very like they would post on social media. Like they would always hang out with each other. There's always pictures and they're tagging each other. Just, you know, giving best friends who hang out a lot vibes. Right. And then it feels like that really stopped after Lindsay got with Carl. And so they were on the BravoCon stage talking about the upcoming season and they were asked about their relationship. Now, keep in mind, there were two different couches. So on one couch, it was like Lindsay, Carl, Maya, Luke, and Andrea. And then on the other couch, it was Danielle, Kyle, Amanda, Paige, I think. And it just seemed very clear that like, this wasn't just this, there was like some necessity to the separation of people to me. So like I said, they asked, they both said it was unfortunate. Whatever was going on with their relationship was unfortunate, but here's my based on nothing, completely assumptive theory on what went down. Okay. We all know that Lindsay's not a girl's girl. She has made that very clear. She's got abandonment issues because of her mother. She was raised by her father. She just doesn't really seem to vibe with girls too much, right? Like if she did, I think, you know, a lot of the issue with the Lindsay and Sarah from last season was that, yeah, could Lindsay have made out with that Muppet all she wanted? Absolutely. But what she was doing was very against like girl code, unspoken, unwritten girl code. And I think most of us can agree on that. And then she's got this really great relationship with Danielle that comes on the heels of her breakup with Everett. Right. So in my eyes, like that, yeah, have Lindsay and Danielle had a great relationship? Sure. But Danielle's also been Lindsay's hype woman her biggest cheerleader her biggest like you're beautiful you're gorgeous you're gonna find a man it's gonna happen for you one day i'm gonna ride with you with every man that you meet at um you know montauk social club and is in love with and fighting with within 72 hours like i'm here with you girl danielle was a true ride or die friend for sure i think once she got with carl Danielle just didn't have a purpose in Lindsay's life anymore. She got her dream man and all of that. But here's what I find very weird about all of this is that usually we see this behavior of like the woman getting, dropping all of her friends and finding herself in this whirlwind relationship with a guy that's like new. You know what I mean? Like the fact that Carl was already a long-term friend of not only hers, but her friend group. And yet we're engaging in this like very performative, we're all in, it's us against the world kind of vibe with Lindsay and Carl. I just like, see, this is why I said that this relationship doesn't, I don't like it. It just doesn't ring true to me. It just seems very hollow. And so I can assume 
that Danielle was like, oh, now that you've got Carl, you don't really need me because you've like, quote unquote, got everything that you wanted. You've got your dream man. And huh, maybe we weren't really friends like that. Maybe you were just using me to build you up until you found what you needed. And so that's my assumption. If you guys have different theories, let me know. But you can also let me know when the season airs that I'm right. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, and my last bit of information was about Jen Shop. So I've been hearing a lot of different things. And, you know, I think we can all say it's safe to say that with Jen Shaw, we're never really going to ever find out the truth on anything. But the rumors are that Jen Shaw was initially invited to BravoCon until she pled guilty to the charges. And then allegedly her invitation was rescinded. So she was not on the Salt Lake City BravoCon panel. She was not there. She didn't go to any of the tape stuff that they're doing for Watch What Happens Live. And apparently she just showed up at some party, like an after party that they had at, I can't remember what hotel, but then she pulls up on Tamara's and Teddy's podcast and like, burst into according to Tamara she like burst into and broke into her hotel room there's a lot of footage on Instagram live of them talking to her and asking her questions blah 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 she's got the glam team the shot squads there it's you know just like a whole circus just like all of Jen's life <laughs> frankly and um yeah so Tamara was telling people oh yeah Jen broke into my apartment. She was doing all this stuff. I heard she wasn't invited to Bravo stuff. And then she said she's here. Um, Jen, however, is saying, I don't have to break into anything. I was expressly invited to BravoCon. I was paid to be there, even though she was not at any official event. Seems like a lie, Jen, but okay. Um, she claims that she was paid to be there. She's like, you know, um, I don't crash parties. I am the party wherever I am. The party is where the party starts. So I'm really interested. And I think she's also mad at Teddy for insinuating that like she was uh, honing in on something that she should not have been honing in on. Basically making her sound like a loser, which is interesting because Teddy, um, one of you guys is on Bravo. And one of you isn't. So at the end of the day, even if there was an invitation, and even if you got a press pass or like a special lanyard or whatever, somebody's got a mic pack on their back and somebody doesn't. And that's you, Teddy. So maybe you should shut your fucking mouth. And that's what I would have said if I were Jen. But I'm not Jen. Thank God. <laughs> so... <laughs> With that, um, let's get into these recaps. We're going to start with, uh, I'm going to get Kardashians out of the way and then bring it on home with the premiere of Winter House. So enjoy, you guys. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Let's move on. I don't read and watch all this stuff. So do you have a husband? I don't. Oh, okay. I don't. I just broke up with my daughter's dad oh. a little bit ago. He had a baby with someone else while we were together. Oh, that's not nice. We had to kick him out. That's yeah. not <laughs> nice. That is not nice. That is not nice. It's, it's not it was very For naughty. For God's sake. That's he was a very nice. naughty boy. Very naughty. All right, let's talk Kardashians. Um, listen. The episode did begin a little bit better than last time with Kim telling her um, seemingly ailing grandmother MJ that she and Pete, the man that lives in her phone at this point, uh, got some inspiration from her at the Hotel Beverly Hills in the form of sexual intercourse. Because apparently MJ had told Kim that I think like basically you're not really in love unless you fuck in front of a fireplace. And so she told Pete and so they did. Thank you. Um, Pete, conveniently, could you imagine, ends up calling at the exact same time that they're having this conversation. So they put him on speakerphone. Chris asks him if he's nervous about going to space. And he's like, uh, no, actually, can't wait to get the fuck out of here. Frankly, um, you know, the thought of going to space is a lot less scary than my actual personal life. <laughs> so when he hangs up, she basically tells everybody that she... In order to get him hype about going to space, she suggested that they watch Armageddon because she thought it was a rom-com and he had to explain to her that it wasn't. And then she says, well, I don't really know what the movie's about. Kim, the movie's called Armageddon. What did you think it was about? <laughs> then Kendall meets up with her friend Phi. Don't give a fuck. They want to get into uh, house flipping or something. The only thing that I find interesting about this is Phi. I think that Phi is the new Jonathan Chebin, but he actually seems to do something. Um, he's like the Derek Blasberg of the Kardashians in the fact that, like, where did he come from? How did you get into these spaces? What's going on there? Um, also, if you guys don't know his sisters, his sisters are uh, Simi and Hayes or Simi and Hayes. I think they're models or they're just Instagram people. Look at their before and after. I've it's it's shocking. <laughs> just just type in Simi and Hayes before and after. You ain't never seen work like that before. I it's wild. Anyway, um, what happens after that? Oh, Chris and Corey go to the doctor to figure out what's going on with Chris's hip. And he basically is like, yeah, you don't have any cartilage, girl. You're going to have to get that hip replaced. She's still freaking out. And here's what really I find interesting about the whole thing is that I've always wondered, how are the Kardashians going to deal with aging? Like, how are they going to deal with the things that they can't control? How are they going to deal with the inevitable things like your hip going out or your knee or whatever? Just the things that come with old age. How are these people who are desperate to not be old, how are they going to manage that? And we see that. Like, I'm not 
gonna say that oh just because chris is upset about getting her hip done it like has something to do with like the greater vanity in the family but it does you know like i'm giving her a lot of room like she has all the room in the world to be nervous about a surgery like i get that but it's tough what really got me is that chloe is talking to chris and she's like I need you to like really work through your feelings about this because I've heard the way you can talk to yourself and it can get really dark. So I'm going to need you to get yourself together before the surgery because like you can't have that sort of headspace going into things. Then Chloe reveals in a confessional that Chris used to have a jar of marbles and she was doing like the Carol Radziwill thing of taking the marbles out and saying like, I only have 20 Christmases left or five good summers or whatever. And that's really heavy. Like that's really like a lot of pressure to put on yourself. That's really morbid. I've never heard shit like that in my life. And then Chloe says something stupid, which is she tells Chris to not put the heat on because she figures that cold reverses or slows down the aging. And she figures, you know, if you lose a finger, if your finger gets cut off or whatever, that you put it on ice before you take it back to the doctor to put it back on. And I don't know if Chris or Chloe knows how death works. I I don't know. (laughs) Seems like a stretch to me. Um, Chris decides that she's going to get Chloe a housewarming gift in the form of first Martha Stewart and then a peacock. Apparently Martha Stewart has peacocks on her property. And for some reason, Chris thinks that Chloe wants one on her property. So she invites Martha Stewart over to cheer Chloe up because I guess that's her fave and also talk to her about the joys of owning a peacock. So, Chris decides to surprise Chloe by saying, oh, I have a new chef. I want you to meet the new chef. Here's her sous chef, Martha Stewart. So then they have this conversation. They sit down for lunch and Martha goes, listen, I don't know. I don't read. I don't know what's going on with you guys. Basically, are you married, Chloe? And Chloe's like, no, um, I just broke up with the father of my child because he had a kid with somebody else. And Martha goes, oh, that's not nice. Yeah, to say the least, Martha. Um, then what happens? Oh, then Chris brings up the the peacock thing, and Chloe's like, "I don't want a peacock. I'm still trying to work." True doesn't even like puppies. What makes you think she's gonna want a big ass bird <laughs> in the yard? Like, I don't, she, I don't know what you want. Basically, she, Chloe very quickly realizes that because she lives next door to Chris. Chris really wants the peacock, but she doesn't want them on her property. She just wants them nearby so that when she gets drunk, she can show Faye Resnick in the middle of the night or whatever. And Chloe's not trying to do that. But she does indulge her by going to a farm where they have peacocks. And the peacock gets so freaked out by Chloe that it ends up flying into a tree (laughs) where they can't catch it. And the farmer just has to be like, it's okay, it's fine. Even though you could tell he was really pissed off. I mean, I'm sure they got the peacock. I didn't even know peacocks go into trees like that. Like, he was really flying up there. So, you know, if anything, that was a lesson in, in peacocks for me. Then all the ladies gather for the photo shoot, the infamous variety photo shoot where Kim does the get, her, get your ass up and work. It seems like nobody wants to work these days, right? The interesting thing is, on the show... They don't play the clip that everybody was pissed off about. Like, they played the 
uh, get your fucking ass up and work. But they played something else that was like a lot more uh, gir- uh, girl bossified. It was like, oh, you know, success isn't easy. If you work, you will see results. You just have to do the work. But that's not what people were mad about. Like, we know that. So Chris says in a confessional that she just gets really tired about the topic of whether or not they have talent. And that being a conversation and that they have these businesses and nobody asks Jeff Bezos if he can sing or dance. Well, it's like, okay, (laughs) Jeff Bezos is famous because of the product that he created. You guys were famous and then you created these companies and now you guys want to turn back time and act like, oh, we were business people. I mean, yeah. Did you guys have the little kids store dash and smooch? Sure. But let's be real here. A little boutique does not all this fame make, ladies. Later, she has a conversation with Chloe in the car about it. And again, like so tone deaf, they don't get it. They don't get it. Chloe says something about like, oh, you know, we were built for this and like the backlash of it all. And, you know, you can handle this. And Kim's like, I don't know if I can handle it anymore. And it's like, girl, (laughs) get real. Kim says in a confessional that... She just feels like she's upset because people misinterpreted what she was saying and that she feels like her interpretation was that people didn't like what she said because they felt like Kim was saying that women don't work hard. But Kim's like, I see it every day. I see women working hard. The people who have really shaped my career have all been women and, you know, basically like, girl, that's not the point. That's not the point. And and they try to say like, yeah, we know that we came from privileged backgrounds, but you know, my mom, she, she has this conversation with Kendall, like, you know, your mom, what, or our mom was, um, start really started her career at 50. And when she married your dad, they had to sell their house and move into an apartment real quick. And she had to get her agent's license and her real estate license and able to, uh, start representing Caitlin and, you know, trying to sell homes and stuff. But it's like, okay, like, uh, (laughs) okay, but like, are we forgetting that your dad was a multimillionaire, you know, and the life that you lived and the life that Chris lived leading up to that was on his back, basically, like she didn't have a job because she didn't have to, because your daddy was a millionaire, you know? (laughs) And quiet as it's kept, the reason why she didn't get any money out of that, even though she did, she didn't get, like, official money from the divorce. It was because she wanted to marry Caitlyn. And so, well, I should, I should say allegedly. Allegedly, according to a book I read, the reason why, uh, like, Kate, you know, there was a short turnover between the breakup with Robert and getting with Caitlyn. And it basically was just like... Caitlin had a conversation with Robert, according to this book, and said, hey, if you'll just get her divorced, we won't, she won't ask for money, no alimony, or, you know, you don't have to do a big settlement. We don't have to have this big, like, drawn out divorce proceedings. And Robert agreed to it. Now, from my understanding and my memory is that he still continued to give money, obviously, for the kids, um, money that Chris would keep asking for, like, in the five figures, at this point so you know yeah good on chris like she was able to turn things around because at the time caitlin's 
you know, career wasn't doing that great. And she was able to get them, you know, fitness tapes and endorsements and all of that. That's great. But also, she's also in a world of the elite and wealthy. She also has connections, all of these things. And to act like you guys don't understand that y'all started out on third base is what gets you guys in trouble. Just stop being like, well, I know people who work hard and I work. Sure, you guys work hard, I'm sure. But like, you also barely like the <laughs> the lead up to you guys know. I mean, I don't have to explain how the Kardashians work to you guys. Like, you get it. You know, it's bullshit. We'll just leave it at that. Okay. <laughs> Scott appears. I completely forgot about Scott, but he appears looking like he did in um, Chloe and Courtney take the Hamptons. We'll say that. And he's talking to Kendall about flipping houses because, you know, he flips it like Disick, I guess. And his advice to her was to find the worstest. He actually used that word to find the worstest house in the best area. So, okay. Kendall's really talking about how flipping houses like really seems like a, like this might be it for me. This might be my one true passion. Realize and look at the glint in my eye when I talk about flipping multi-million dollar homes into multi-multi-million dollar homes. Ugh. Good for you, Kendall. Good for you. Just ruining the housing market. One flip at a time. Thank you, Kendall. Also, this is very much a recycled storyline from Keeping Up when Chloe, not, excuse me, Courtney decided that, you know, after she had a designer come in and create all of her home, that she was somehow, or somehow a designer by proxy and that she should get into the game. This is, girl, like, listen, Kendall, your architectural digest tour of your home on YouTube, gorgeous. Okay. Perfect. It's a beautiful home significantly better than any other person in your family. I get it. However, the work was done by the designer. You know, that shit's like real hard to do when people aren't just coming to your table and telling you to pick things, you know, like you have to, this involves like a lot more in detail work than that, but you'll figure it out, girl. You'll, you'll find it. This is also around the time where Kanye really started speaking more about uh, his grievances towards Kim and their parenting and co-parenting and him having access to the kids. So Kendall, Chloe and Kim are out at lunch or something. And uh, Kim talks about this article that had just come up. It was basically Kanye saying something about how Kim was keeping the kids from him and how um, Kim had responded back. Like, Yo, you were just at the house earlier with the kids. Stop with this narrative. Like, it's bullshit. And Kendall's basically like, yeah, you need to get that in check because people are really going to believe it. Which, you know, as we found out, is true. Uh, The end of the episode, Chris goes to get her hip done. And as she's behind the curtain, she does tell the nurse who's helping her. Can you make sure my camera crew doesn't get me with, like, my private parts out? Which, girl, like, I feel like... They shouldn't want to do that. You shouldn't have the nurse help you with that. They sh- they should know, but maybe they don't. Maybe they don't. Anyway, <laughs> woo. Okay, I'm glad we got this knocked out. Let's move on to Winter House. 
It's weird navigating like a relationship and how they interact with like your friends. So we're gonna show you how to work a doorknob. Craig, you're such a piece of You know what's so annoying? Hmm. Falling in love with someone and being worried about their every move. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. can you not? They're like a direct reflection of you. It's yeah. like, if they f up, it's like you chose to love that. Winter house, winter house. Am I the only one who likes winter house? I think I may be, but you know what? We'll talk about it anyway. Why do you guys not like winter house? I think it's really good. <laughs> I think it is really good. It is scratching the itch for me that Summer House does, Vanderpump used to, um, and I'm loving it. Okay? I'm loving it. Especially now that, like, bleh, Southern Charm is over. Should we talk about... No, I don't want to talk about Southern Charm. God, now I'm going to have to talk about Southern Charm. Uh, just briefly. I'm, I'm going to do it in 45 seconds. Vanita needs to be off the show. Okay. And I don't mean this in a way that I don't like Vanita. In fact, I'm trying to save you, girl. Get off the show. Get off the show. Nobody is your friend. They will throw you under the bus for the most minor of things, Naomi. And I just don't think that she's a good fit. I want her to be a good fit on a show. This is not one of them because nobody cares about her. And I don't like seeing it. It's very, very frustrating. Um, what else? I mean, the casting, shit. The storyline, shit. It's clear to me that uh, Whitney is the one casting the show as he's ex executive producer or creator of the show or whatever. And it shows. It shows. If you saw his documentary about Halston, it's giving the same amount of quality and the attention to what the people and audience want. I don't think anybody really enjoyed this season. From from what I saw, uh, the seven of you who watched, I think five of you really hated it. So I don't really know what they're going to be doing next season. It's just not a good show. It's just not a good show. Um, the fact that Craig is like now the hero of the show, and I have no problem saying that, you know, that's a lot for me. Um, Shep is a loser. He's a big fucking loser. He's a big lo bigger loser than Austin. And I never thought I'd see the day. Shep, ugh. I was feeling like a little bit of empathy for him because, you know, like, he, I just think he doesn't want to get married and have kids. But also, like, he should be more honest about that. Like, I think he's being 80% honest and, like, leaving the door open for a possibility in the future. But at this point, dude, like, give it up, Delicious. It's not going to happen. And along the way, you're just hurting people and it's stupid. So I just think he has big loser behavior. I think that was way longer than 45 seconds. So let's move on to Winter House. Let's move on. Season two. I'm happy to be here. And I hope you guys are too. Um, Paige and Craig are together. They are telling us for the longest time of their relationship, which is going to be 17 days back to back. Uh. Sierra is trying to set up that she doesn't really give a shit about Austin coming. She's just living her best single life. So our returning cast members are Craig, Paige, Sierra, Kyle, Amanda, Luke, Austin, Jason. Jason, the old Navy model, right? Um, and so our newcomers are Corey, who is Craig's frat little brother, I guess, and Rabble Rouser, there is uh, Rachel, 
who was uh, Kyle and Amanda's florist for their wedding. And there is another lady named Jessica who says that she's a real estate agent slash metaverse entrepreneur. And listen, I never want to put a lady down, especially in the tech space. I love a woman in STEM. Okay. But that's not real. You're selling real estate in the metaverse. That isn't a real thing, Jessica. And I'm sorry, that's not a real thing. That's a thing that people who look like Jessica get to do. Like you could just, just get to have presumably six figure jobs doing words that don't mean things and aren't relevant to real life. But Good for you, girl. Good for you. So Jessica is being brought in by Jason, who had a fling with Hubhouse, Lindsay Hubbard, that ended up in a baby who um, well, ended up in a pregnancy. Lindsay later miscarried, right? Um, so Jason says he's bringing Jessica. Y'all, Jessica looks just like Lindsay. Like when she smiles, I didn't see it at first, but when she smiles, I'm like, oh, the resemblance is truly uncanny. He is like playing the long game, which Jason, no. Okay. He says that he met her by sliding into her DMs like months ago. And now here she is on a television show. And he's like, well, you know, we're friends, but it seems like he's hoping that if he came here with a chick, that the guys would be respectful of that. And that maybe he could start to work his magic on her. But I'm telling you, bro, if you slid into her DMs months ago and you still haven't hit, I'm going to say you've been officially friend zoned. So sorry, Jason. I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) Maybe I'm having a lot of bias because I've recently started watching uh, Siesta Key and Jason makes an appearance on the show when a couple of the cast members go to New York and He, I mean, he was hitting on a girl with a boyfriend, but it's also like him just striking out again. And I don't really understand what Jason's game is, which is why I call him an old Navy model, because he's just very like, he just has like beta energy to me. (laughs) That's not fair. It's not fair. I'm trying to find a nicer word than beta, but I can't find it. So he just has like puppy dog energy in which he just kind of is like well like like a dog looking to get adopted you know like I'm gonna sit here and I'm gonna look cute and you guys can come to me and if you want it not that's fine but you gotta take the reins my boy if you really want to be with a girl like you gotta tell her you gotta tell her you know but Jessica's not interested in him she's interested in Luke Luke apparently has um gone through some therapy And after a while now, he is ready to start dating. Of course, just like he did last season, let's find the most, sorry, basic blonde girl there and hook on to her. Remember that girl that was blonde that he tried to hit on last season and then she had a boyfriend, like some older boyfriend that we never saw and we never saw her again? Yeah, that girl. (laughs) We also find out that Craig and Luke have some kind of weird, we don't fuck with each other beef. Paige and Craig show up at the house first and they're doing your typical, oh, let's look around. Let's figure out, figure out which primary bedroom we want, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Luke shows up second. And it's this very funny thing where Luke is like, 
you know, there's stairs. It's like a split level house. So Paige and Craig hear somebody as they're going down the stairs. They hear somebody come in. They're like, oh, who's that? And Craig happens to just like barely peek around and sees Luke. And he's like, oh, shit, it's Luke. And so then they're just kind of stuck on the staircase being like, uh, do we pretend like we didn't see him and like just keep it moving? But then Luke sees them and they have to pretend like, oh, hey, Luke, <laughs> didn't see you there. Hey, doing i don't know if luke and Paige have issues with each other but definitely seems like craig and luke do so we find out later that one of the issues okay well so craig says that it's basically they are fundamentally different people they just like their personalities clash he doesn't know how they're going to spend a couple weeks together but we find out later that what happened or at least one of the things that happened is that craig invited austin excuse me Luke invited Austin and Craig to Minnesota. Luke has a house there. He's got like a, a little uh, guest cabin. He calls it a guest cabin behind the main house. Uh, Craig called it a shack. So Craig and Austin were staying in the guest cabin shack. Craig says that there was a box of fireworks in said shack. He assumed, he and Austin assumed that this was just a box of fireworks gifted to them by Luke because it was in the shack guest house, right? So they decide to light a bunch of these fireworks. So Luke comes out and is like, uh, hey, first of all, those fireworks weren't for you. Also, you're lighting them right next to my boat that isn't covered right now and is full of gas. And so according to Craig, he took the rest of the fireworks that were left, dumped them into the water and tried to kick them out of the state of Minnesota. (laughs) Now, obviously I am on Luke's side with this one. I, I've seen both of them drunk and what happens with Craig is very different from Luke being like, you know what? I don't like you. Like that's as rough as we've ever seen him get. (laughs) Just being like, I don't like you. You're not my friend. (laughs) Whereas Craig gets a little bit more dark and sinister. So I'm going to be team Luke on this one. I have to admit. And if only I'm never going to be on the side with Austin. I'll tell you that much. Like if Austin, like if I had a choice between being wrong or being right, And also on the side of Austin, I might just have to take the L on that one. Just on principle, you know? So everybody starts to arrive, including Kyle and Amanda, who obviously they assume that they're going to get one of the primaries. If you remember last season, Kyle made a big fuss about their room last year and how it was like right off the kitchen and he couldn't sleep. So (laughs) Kyle and Craig are having a conversation about the bedroom. Craig already put his uh, candles and his shoes and his clothes all over the room in order to uh, establish territory. So he, they're having this conversation. Craig pulls out a bank envelope and hands Kyle $500 and says, I also have another $500 for Amanda as a thank you for letting us have this particular bedroom. So Kyle's like, uh, okay. He says in a confessional, like, I don't know if he's got all, he's high off all this pillow money, but like, this is very weird. Like, you know how hard it is? Kyle Cook, God bless him, is one of the whitest people on the planet. You know, he's like just very blonde, the mullet that he's got now. And this is like, not a judgment. He's just very white. For Craig to significantly out white all of the other white people in the house, it's just very jarring 
because obviously like New York white and Charleston deep South white hit very differently. So him just passing out hundreds and being like, what? It solves all the problems. Like it's so interesting to watch them react to him and be like, ugh, this is like too much for us. Normally being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com He also gives Luke $200 because Luke decides to give his room that he picked to Amanda and Kyle. So listen, would I take that envelope of money? Absolutely. Would I roll my eyes? For sure. Would I talk shit about Craig? Yes. But thank you for my $500 secretly. I will be putting this in my bank. Thank you very much. We also meet the frat bro, Corey, who seems to have decided to make a personality out of wearing a pearl necklace. Okay. Um, Corey looks British to me. You know, like there's something about his face that I feel like should be on Love Island or Geordie Shore. So it's very jarring to me, even though I don't know this man, I just expect him to sound British and he doesn't. And that's upsetting to me. He is establishing himself as a himbo with a heart. And I think, okay, but we already have that in Luke. Why does Bravo keep trying to push more himbos on me that I think are going to be flops? Like, uh, see, I can't even remember his name. Alex, Alex, Alex from last season of Summer House. Why? Why? We have the the grand supreme of himbos in Luke. We don't need any more. I don't. I don't. So Austin is not there. I guess he missed his flight or whatever, but he's going to be showing up in a couple days. And he calls Craig to like, figure out what the house is like. Is everybody getting along? Is it like last season? What's going on? Craig, after he hangs up the phone, is like, I know what he wanted to know. He clearly wanted to know if Sierra and Corey had hooked up that night before, because when Craig had told him before they left for the house, he had mentioned Corey being there and he was like, oh, so you just brought him so he can hook up with Sierra. So now with this whole thing, here's another thing. Austin is a sick person. He's a sick, sick person. This cycle of like, I want to be in a relationship, but I am just going to string these women along. And then like he did with Olivia last season, as soon as he found out on Southern Charm. So he's dating this chick, kind of. It, it seems mostly for show, but they're like talking. They're really more talking than dating. They go on a couple dates and Austin tells Olivia, hey, you know, like, I'm not really ready. Uh, You know, you should do your thing. I'm going to do mine. Like, I just think, you know, we should take things slow. Right. So she shows up to an event with a dude and he goes off. Just so happens that uh, Sierra is in town in Charleston at that time. So he decides to 
bang Sierra as a <laughs> retaliation for the girl you told to go do her thing, doing her thing. Like, the man is sick. He's sick. Anyway, Jessica sees one look at Luke and <laughs> she's like, that's the man for me, Jason who. She even says in a confessional that she's attracted to the most powerful man in the room. And that's not Jason, it's Luke. Based on the fact that Luke uh, is producing a movie. He's got a producer credit on a movie. Okay. And so that, I guess, makes him the most powerful man in the room. I beg to differ. I think he might be the most powerful single man. But I think Mr. Loverboy might be the most powerful. But you can't do that because he's already got a ring on his finger. Uh, by the way, Amanda says that once they got married, Kyle was like a brand new man. He's more attentive. He's more sensitive. Everything's great. We'll see. We'll see. I'm still feeling very ass chappy about the trailer that we got for winter house season one in which there were a lot of hints towards kyle like not being great during the winter house and also hitting on gabby the girl from season one and we never heard anything about that we never saw footage even though it was in the trailer gabby was like yeah kyle tried to hook up with me (laughs) or he was interested in me or we were in the hot tub or something that never came up Release the tapes, Bravo. Release the tapes. Because I feel like we're not getting the whole story. But anyway, um, Amanda says something really sad, which is that after... Okay, so this is like the end of February that they're filming Winter House, right? They got married in September. Amanda has a conversation with Paige in which she says that she went off birth control after the wedding. Not necessarily to get married or to get pregnant immediately, just to kind of like, you know, be off the pill figure out her cycle and all of that. She says that it's been five months now. She still hasn't gotten her period. I guess the doctor told her if you're not having your cycle by May, that could be cause for concern. And she says that she hasn't really talked to Kyle about this, about her like nervousness about not being able to, or possibly not being able to have a kid, which, you know, that seems like a major thing that you might want to share to your husband before national television. I don't know. I don't know if that's like the best sign of your relationship, but you know what? I'm not married. So who are me to judge? Who are me? The biggest theme for me in terms of this premiere episode was Paige and Paige. It's terrified. Okay. We've really never seen Paige with a relationship on camera. Every time we saw Perry, it was just like, oh, he's dropping her off and picking her up at the end of the season. We just never really have seen too much of Paige's relationship. And the interesting thing for me is that uh, it's showing. It's showing so much. And I think we've all been in that situation where like, you're in this love bubble and you only hang out with your boyfriend alone and he's so great to you and he's so sweet and you think he's so funny and you think he's polite and blah, blah, blah. And then when he gets around your friends, you're like, oh shit, they're really going to see him. (laughs) And how am I going to navigate all of this? Like we've all seen sloppy drunk Craig. So Amanda has this like getting to know you party. In which she bought two costumes, like, 
two sharks, two avocado costumes, two unicorns, whatever. People had to pick somebody that they didn't really know before and get to know you, play some games, blah, blah, blah. This part really made me very sad. So Rachel, Kyle and Amanda's florist, she's Asian. Um, and she was adopted into, I think she said she's Korean. She was adopted in America to white parents. So Kyle asked her what her middle name was. And she was like, uh, she kind of didn't want to say, but then she said it. it was her birth name, which is Sue He. And she starts talking to confessional and just broke my heart that she was like, you know, I just like of all the middle names my parents could have picked, they just chose my birth name and put it. And it was such a struggle for me growing up. And, you know, the, the LL Bean backpacks with the names, you know, you're expecting just the three letters and mine were four and that was a whole thing. And it just really bummed me out. Like I'm obviously not Asian and I don't feel like this is really my conversation to have, but as a minority, obviously I felt othered by people, not in terms of my name. My name is pretty basic, but in other ways. And I just like, I, I was getting and this might just me be me is that I was feeling a lot of like internal shame out of what Rachel was saying. And it just made me real sad. Like it just made me real sad that she, to me felt like, I don't know, like she was almost embarrassed to be Asian. And I don't, again, like, I don't feel like I should be saying that, but like, I'm just picking up what she's putting down. There just seemed to be a lot of shame attached to her culture of birth. And I just felt really bad for her. I really did. Like to be an adult and to not want to tell people your middle name because you think that they'll make fun of you. Like that sucks. That sucks. But in the midst of all of us getting to know you, which should be very fun. Uh, Craig is getting progressively more drunk. You can see it in his hair that's getting more and more like uh, bird-like. You know, like when birds get upset and they their feathers, <laughs> like that's what he looks like. Craig is like the most obviously drunk person outside of maybe like Dorinda. Like you just look at Craig's face and you're like, oh, he's turned a corner. Like Craig, the old Craig is gone <laughs> and a drunk Craig has, has arrived. And Paige is just like cringing the whole time she can't pay attention to what she's doing and trying to get to know um who is she trying to get to know Jessica because Craig's like yelling uh putting water and pool noodles and acting like he's ejaculating just being like the sloppiest frat boy to ever do it and oh (laughs) It's awkward for me. Like, I'm enjoying it, but I'm not. Like, Paige really is like, fuck, everybody's going to see our relationship off of what I've curated on Instagram and TikTok. And I don't know what to do with this. And I'm very excited to see how this all shakes up. I mean, they're still together. So I guess they worked it out, but not looking good. Seems like she gets pretty pissed off at him in episode two. And I cannot wait for that. So Amanda and Paige have this conversation. She's like, you know, I'm not ashamed of Craig and I'm not nervous about spending this long a time with him. I'm nervous that we're spending this time not alone and with our friends. And Amanda says, doesn't it, excuse me, doesn't it suck 
Like, you know, what's so fucking annoying falling in love with somebody and then having to worry about their ever move, every move, because they're like a direct reflection of you. And it's like, fuck, like you chose to be with that. If they start acting out, it's like, it comes back to you. And everybody's like, well, why are you with that loser? I think we're both telling on ourselves, uh, Paige and Amanda on that one. That's very interesting. Real interesting. Um, So the episode ends with Corey holding a poop emoji shaped pinata while Craig punches it like a punching bag. So watch what happens on that one. (laughs) I don't know if I sold that this episode was good, but I liked it. So I think you guys should watch it and stick with me for the rest of the season. All right. Love you guys. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you can give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, I would really appreciate that. It really, really helps. Uh, Yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for speaking. Love you.